Thank you so much for joining me here on Cranford Radio. My name is Bernie Wagonblast. Cranford residents likely best know Father Timothy Chagru from his 12 years as pastor at St. Michael Church. Monsignor Chagru recently retired from his role at St. Michael and now lives in Westfield. On Tuesday, January 16th, Father Tim will be recognized with the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Award at the Dr. King Interfaith Service at Trinity Episcopal Church. The award is given by the Cranford Clergy Council and the Cranford Interfaith Council. Monsignor Chagru, welcome back to Cranford Radio. Thank you very much. Pleased to be with you all. Congratulations on the award. Let me ask, when did you find out that you were going to be the recipient of the award? I guess maybe mid-December. I had a uh, telephone call from Cindy Hannon, who was with the Interfaith Human Relations uh, Group and, uh, and a parishioner at St. Michael's. And uh, she called to inform me of the uh, selection. And I was you know, very pleased, but very humbled by it. I, I mm-hmm. don't consider myself as deserving as many, many others, but um, I'm very happy, you know, and, and pleased with the uh, their intent, you know, the sentiment behind it. So it's uh, I, I valued my opportunities with the uh, clergy council in Cranford uh, through all those years, as I have in other places too. I, I think that's a very important dimension of our, uh, our responsibility. And uh, it, they were always wonderful relationships and good friendships. So I'm uh, touched by their um, sentiment and happy to uh, be with them, you know, for this award and be part of the overall celebration in honor of Dr. King. So. You are one of the part of the generation, myself also part of that generation, that remember Dr. King when he was alive. Yes. Tell me a little bit about some of your memories when he was alive. You were, I believe, in Seton Hall University at the time of his assassination. But before that, obviously, he was very involved and very much in the news in terms of the civil rights struggle. Tell me a little bit about what you remember of Dr. King, if you would, please. Well, I guess the earliest um, would have to do with my high school experience, Seton Hall Prep. And uh, I started there in 1961. And the civil rights movement was underway up at that, at that point. I, I think what I was aware of most was where the freedom, the sit-ins, the, the freedom rides, the uh, lunch counter sit-ins and so on. So it was definitely percolating. We were you know, aware of, of, of what's going on. I was certainly as, as a youngster. But um, the, uh, in, in Seton Hall Prep, they had a group called the Young Christian Students, YCS. And it was... Not specific to Seton Hall Prep. There were a lot of uh, schools and church, church groups that had it. But uh, there, we had the opportunity to be a little bit more, uh, I guess, educated, you know, in terms of uh, what was going on, and uh, particularly in the civil rights movement. So we had the opportunity to um, visit uh, an inner city parish in Newark, for example, the uh, the former Queen of Angels Parish. I uh, visited there, I remember, as a as a high school student. And uh, the priest in charge was very careful about making sure that we we understood the, the moral uh, reality of, of the, the background of the struggle for civil rights in this country and uh, interracial justice. So uh, that certainly was there. And Dr. King's name would recur, of course, as uh, those years went on. 
I do remember as a high schooler uh, watching the uh, the uh, broadcast of his march in Washington in 1963, I believe, and uh, hearing that wonderful speech, the I Have a Dream uh, speech, you know, it continues to uh, send a thrill up my spine just to hear his his eloquence on that occasion. And I mean, he was eloquent, not just in what he said, but in the way he said it and his life gave it, you know, credibility. So it was uh, a very moving, very moving moment uh, in my own life. So I'd had some interesting experiences earlier. Uh, my mom had been a, a public school teacher in Elizabeth and um, and then also taught in Catholic high school, St. Patrick's High School and grammar school in Elizabeth uh, before winding up in Mother Seton and Clark as the uh, vice principal. But um, I remember she had took the trouble to make sure I understood certain things. And uh, she talked about an experience she had had as a younger person shortly after she and my dad were married. He was in the Army Air Corps at the time. It was the uh, Second World War in 1943 when they married. They would have been 80 years married just last week, the, uh, the 29th of December. And uh, the following summer, uh, she was free uh, through the summer as, as a school teacher. Uh, he was already on the base in Dyersburg, uh, Tennessee. And um, so for the summer, she was able to go to Tennessee to be with him uh, for those uh, summer months. And uh, there they lived in a rooming house in uh, Dyersburg off base. And um, she would share some of the experiences she'd had. It was her first time in the South uh, at that point. And uh, the, some of the incidents that she experienced were painful you know, for her uh, in terms of seeing how some people were being treated solely because they were black. And... Um, it stuck with her, you know, that was not something that was part of her, um, her own style or her history uh, at all. And uh, it was painful for her to uh, have, see those things happening and uh, maybe good preparation for her later on when she did teach in the public school, she taught at the Batten high school in Elizabeth, which was the, the girls public high school mm -hmm. and um, had black students, you know, whom she regarded, you know, very highly. And had, uh, I think, only one, you know, black classmate in college. Uh, but it was something, you know, I remember the home atmosphere was one that was uh, very positive with regard to interracial uh, relationships. And uh, so I'm grateful for that. She kind of, uh, kind of prepped the ground for me uh, with that. But then in high school, as I say, with this YCS group, it became much more um aware that uh, with current events and everything else, uh, you had to be mindful of, of all of that. I do remember the, um, uh, I think it was 1968, it was, was 68 right after uh, Dr. King's assassination, there was a, um, a march in Newark. I think it happened after his assassination, it might have been the previous year, 67. Um, but we were part of that uh, through that high school group, the uh, Operation Understanding, which had been established uh, to try to uh, bridge the gap between the suburbs and inner city Newark uh, at the time. And um, I do believe it was after Dr. King's assassination uh, that we they went ahead with the march and uh, that gave it an extra emotional 
uh, impact. I mean, that uh, the news was stunning that uh, he had been assassinated. But, uh, a very painful recollection, you know, I think for our generation, you know, uh, a time when many, many things were happening that were emotionally laden and uh, very uh, important for the life of our, our country and our, our society. Um, you know, the, the war in Vietnam among them, the uh, reality certainly of the civil rights struggle and other things that were that were going on in the world. The gradual, uh, the, it was the ages, countries being freed from colonialism. And I remember that too, you know, the United Nations kind of expanding as new independent, uh, new countries gained independence from colonial uh, powers. Um, so there's a lot, there's a lot going on that was trying to, that we had to be sensitive to and uh, a good time to grow up, but a time that had many challenging aspects to it. You attended Seton Hall Prep, which at the time had its campus on the campus of Seton Hall University in South right. Orange, and then went to Seton Hall for your undergraduate degree. Right. Yeah. And yeah. for company those school. <laughs> it was, was the company store. It was the yes. company store. So. <laughs> Yeah. And for those who don't know, Seton Hall, although it's in South Orange, it borders on the Valesburg section of Newark. So I'm curious, you know, as as things were changing in America, you had something of a front row seat there for how things were changing here in New Jersey. What are some of your memories beyond the things you've already shared about how things were changing? Seton Hall was becoming more integrated, I would imagine, during that time, and things of that sort. Yeah, yes. Well, it was a little bit interesting uh, just watching the change, particularly in Newark. Um, I had the great privilege of getting a ride to school in the morning, you know, an automobile ride, uh, from one of the priests on the faculty. He said Mass daily at St. Michael's Church in Elizabeth, and we had a next-door neighbor who worked at the old Alexian Brothers Hospital on East Jersey Street in Elizabeth. And I could get into his car. He would drive me on his way to Alexian Brothers Hospital. He'd drop me off at St. Michael's a couple of blocks away. I'd sit in the priest's car until he was finished with Mass, and then we'd drive up to Seton Hall Prep, picking up a couple of other students on the way. And it was great because he was the dean of discipline. So we could never be late. We could never uh, get uh, have a jug because we were late. You know, but coming home, I had to take a bus. And uh, I can remember uh, early on, freshman year, 61, 62, uh, taking the bus from either in front of the campus or taking the short walk to Dover Street and right on the edge of uh, South Orange and Newark, uh, the bus depot. And the, one of the first stops was Sacred Heart Church in Valesburg. And the school letting out at the time that we'd be, uh, I'd be driving by in the, in the bus, and the bus would stop there. And this was a school that had like three sections of every grade. I mean, they had to have over 1,200 kids in the school, I'm sure, at that, at that point. And um, they later built a new school. They, they took down the old building that was there. Um, initially um but it was you know huge uh, primarily irish catholic or italian irish uh, mix uh neighborhood and the catholic school they served that it was one of the largest parishes in the archdiocese and then um, a couple of blocks further 
down toward Newark. The bus would be going to Broaden Market in Newark. Um, I transferred then to a bus to Elizabeth, but uh, we'd pass St. Antoninus Church a little bit further uh, east. And that too, another 900 or 1,000 kids coming out of that school, you know, as uh, well, over the course of the four years from 61 to 65, by the time I was a senior and graduating and then uh, continuing to take the bus for a while uh, as a college freshman, um, the neighborhoods had changed drastically. And uh, this was even before the uh, the civil disturbances in, in Newark. But uh, obviously things were changing. And uh, those both of those schools now are, are completely closed and have been for a uh, few years. Um, that's, and the parish has completely changed. Sacred Heart Valesburg is no more. It just was uh, kind of absorbed by you know other other churches. Um, so you could see the demographic changes happening and um, the challenges that went with that. Uh, I mean, they were very very obvious. Um, then certainly with the, the I guess the middle sixties. Uh, with Route 280 being put through and uh, disturbing whole neighborhoods, pretty much like what happened in New York under under Robert Moses, um, whole neighborhoods going and and then in the central ward of Newark, the uh, what I was told was that there had been a plan to connect 280 from where it is now across the city to uh, where uh, now 78 comes in. Mm-hmm. They knocked down like two or three blocks of housing clear across the city for maybe two or miles or three miles and then didn't build anything. Nothing mm-hmm. was built there. It was, it was blank for a good number of years. Now there is new housing has gone up there, but uh, for years it was just uh, like a no man's land. There was nothing there. Uh, and so it was scarred, you know, a scarred city. You could see that and struggling with the, those changes and, uh, was interesting to watch, but painful to watch at the same time, um, knowing what people were going through to uh, you know, try to survive. The great big housing projects that were there. Um, I had the opportunity, I guess, as a freshman at the university to um, assist in uh, the Queen of Angels school. They had a school also in that parish. And it was, the parish had been founded for uh, African-American uh, Catholic uh, parish and um, occupied the facilities that had been the original St. Peter's uh, German language church uh, built in the 1840s, I think. Um, Well, it was a a thriving parish, uh, African-American parish, but um, we would help out kind of like tutoring in the school and and things like that. But we became aware, again, of some of the the crises that were going on, uh, the decline in some of the city services for people. Uh, It was clear that something was brewing and uh, wasn't necessarily good or healthy, you know, for the city or for its residents. So it was an interesting time to be kind of waking up and coming to maturity. So. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'd like to update the audience for those who, you know, ha- have known you from town or from St. Michael Parish. You retired in 2023 after you celebrated your 50th anniversary of your ordination. Why don't you tell folks what you're up to these days? Well, I like to tell them I'm still busy, uh, which is good. I mean, uh, the, the Catholic tradition is that you're ordained to priest forever. 
So uh, that doesn't change, and we're still able to function sacramentally, uh, mass for confessions, for other services that may be required. Um, We retire more from uh, assigned ministry, uh, you know, and set of expectations to go with an assignment, and particularly from administration. In my case, as a pastor, um, we are on terms of office, and um, you know, there usually it's a two-year, a two-term limit. So, twelve years would be uh, two six-year terms, and that was coming up just as I was coming. Uh, it, was, it happened last year, January thirty-first of uh, twenty-three. And uh, four, five days later, I turned 75. And according to canon law, and at the age of 75, and a priest in administration uh, should uh, tender resignation from the administrative post and uh, create the opportunity for someone else to you know, take over. Uh, we never have to retire, retire uh, in terms of taking a pension, but um, we can. You know, and certainly at 75, I felt that was reasonable, you know, for the parish more than, you know, for myself. It wasn't because I was exhausted or couldn't take it anymore or anything like that. You know, St. Michael's was a very, very good place to be and and had wonderful people working around me and and the parishioners were great. So it wasn't that I was uh, tired of it or sick of it or anything like that. Um, But I felt it was a good opportunity. And I did want to be doing some other things to have some freedom to do other things uh, in addition to the basic uh, priestly work. So, um, so I, I am taking a pension at this point and uh, helping out in a variety of different parishes uh, in the immediate area here, living in Westfield. It's uh, plenty of opportunity around with different parishes. So mm-hmm. it's so far it's been very uh, active, very satisfying and uh, it gives me enough freedom to do Lots of things that I, I would have wanted to do. And uh, one being the the trip that I was able to take in October to um, uh, on a cruise around Japan and uh, spending two days before and after the cruise in Tokyo uh, visiting with friends. So that was exciting. Just having the freedom to do it is, mm-hmm. is, is good. So. Well, you certainly have spent a good part of your life here in Union County, whether it was growing up in Elizabeth, later years in Westfield, Cranford, obviously, for well over a decade, and now back to Westfield and coming back to Cranford on uh, on the 16th for the Martin Luther King Award service. Uh, so glad that things are going well with, with you, uh, Monsignor Chagru. Thank you. Thanks. Yeah. I'm very happy to be back home in a sense, you know, mm-hmm. in, uh, in, in Union County. I did have the opportunity to, um, I was pastor for 18 years in Essex County in Montclair, but um, it was good to have the opportunity. And when it happened, uh, I, there I was finishing up a third term and it had been extended uh, more because the parish was conducting a big fundraiser campaign and repairs necessary. So um, I figured better to ask to stay to try to see that through rather than to uh, have a new pastor come in and have to face that you know right away so i got the third term but at the end of that i knew it was time to uh, to move on enjoyed montclair very much too and, and great parish great people there but uh, father mcgovern who was at st michael's parish at the time as pastor uh, i knew him and he knew that i was you know, on the move and he told me, I mean, I wanted to come to Union County because my mom at the time was living here in this house. 
with my sister and her husband. And she had some health issues and dementia at that point. So I was coming here a couple of times a week anyway, just to check on her. And uh, so I didn't want to move farther away. The archdiocese goes up Bergen County, up to the New York uh, line. So I didn't want to go farther away. I wanted to get closer. And Father McGovern was aware of that. And he knew that uh, uh, his associate, Father Chris Maslowski, was interested in applying for a pastorate. Uh, and that would create an opening at St. Michael's. So he alerted me to that. And I was very grateful for it. It was perfect. I mean, it was, you know, three miles door to door from my sister's house to uh, to St. Michael's. And uh, when Father Chris did move on, and <laughs> the opening was there, and Father McGovern was very welcoming. So I'm uh, grateful, grateful that it worked out the way it did. Well, we've been talking on this episode of Cranford Radio with Monsignor Timothy Chagru. He has spent 12 years as the pastor of St. Michael before retiring from that role uh, last year in 2023. He is going to be the recipient in 2024 of the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Award given by the Cranford Clergy Council and the Cranford Interfaith Council. Monsignor Chagru, again, thank you so much for being my guest. And again, congratulations on being uh, recognized with the Reverend King Award. Thank you, Bernie, very much. And thank you for what you do with these uh, broadcasts. And the, uh, I look forward every week to the, uh, the email uh, alert <laughs> what's going on. I find out a lot about what's going on in Cranford, you know, from checking it. So thank you very much. Oh, you're God welcome. God bless everybody.